Are you getting frustrated with what to feed a teenager who's always hungry? Everybody knows that teenagers have a huge appetite. It seems like you need to feed them constantly to satisfy their hunger. It's even more difficult where teenagers who struggle with their weight truly want to make changes, like cut down on junk food or stop overeating, and they can't. There's frustration, isolation, stress, and that's why I decided to create a recipe collection of 30 easy and healthy meals for teenagers. They're all high in protein to satisfy your teenager's hunger, and they can all be ready in less than 30 minutes. If you want to grab a free copy, go to lifestyle4teens.com forward slash recipes. Are you getting frustrated with what to feed a teenager who's always hungry? Everybody knows that teenagers have a huge appetite. It seems like you need to feed them constantly to satisfy their hunger. It's even more difficult where teenagers who struggle with their weight truly want to make changes, like cut down on junk food or stop overeating, and they can't. There's frustration, isolation, stress, and that's why I decided to create a recipe collection of 30 easy and healthy meals for teenagers. They're all high in protein to satisfy your teenager's hunger, and they can all be ready in less than 30 minutes. If you want to grab a free copy, go to lifestyle4teens.com forward slash recipes. This is the Lifestyle and Weight Loss for Teens podcast. If you're a mom and want to help your child who is struggling to lose weight, you are in the right place. If you are looking for healthy lifestyle tips, Dr. Gorgory is here to help you understand the science around safe weight loss in teens and children. Because what works for adult weight loss is not always the best for children. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Dr. Gorgory does not provide medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems without consulting your own medical practitioner. And now, your host... Dr. Jenny Gorgory. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Gorgory. I'm happy to be again with you today for another episode. And what I will be talking to you all about today has to do with exercise, because we all know that exercise is an important aspect of a healthy lifestyle. In particular, though, I wanted to talk about how does exercise affect academic achievement in children. And the reason this is important is because oftentimes I know in my from my experience that um, some adolescents uh, may have um, hesitations to go and spend the time to actually be physically active because there is so much homework and they don't have the time and they're scared they will um, not meet their academic uh, goals and or parents are scared that their kids are not going to meet their academic goals and therefore there's not so much effort in um, 
taking the time to actually exercise because of the fear that that will affect the academic performance, which is uh, one of the top goals every adolescent has, right? So a few researchers have actually looked at this and they have looked at how does physical activity affect academic performance. And I just chose one of these um, manuscripts that have been published, and I wanted to present that to you because it's one of uh, the manuscripts that has been um, cited and talked a lot uh, among other people who study physical activity. And I will try to explain it in, again in simple terms so that it's easier to understand. So uh, the title of this uh, research uh, that I will present, uh, the, the title of the manuscript was Effect of Physical Education and Activity Levels on Academic Achievement in Children. It was done by uh, Don Podolka uh, Koy and uh, the team, and it was um, done in um, uh, University of Michigan, and the uh, this man manuscript was published in uh, Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise Journal. It was published in um, March of 2006. So the authors decided to do this uh, research because of this change in the requirements in the school programs uh, in terms of physical education. It used to be that um, as time, as kids get older, the amount they spent in physical education decreases. So uh, I'm not sure if it is exactly the same uh, today and there may be uh, changes from uh, school district to school uh, dis district, but in general, in this particular time in point and in this particular area, uh, there has been a decrease from approximately 50% of exercise in grades 1 to 5 to 25% of time in grade 8 to only 5% in grade 12. And I think in general, uh, we can see the amount of the time that kids spend in uh, mandatory physical education in school is uh declining over time as kids get older, uh, which has to do with the fact, of course, that they try to put more of other academic activities which are equally important in their schedule and there's so much you can fit on a certain day. So uh, what the researchers did in this particular study, they asked uh, six uh, graders uh, to that come in a particular public school in Western Michigan area, and it is one of the schools that uh, the average income of families that attend this school is on the higher end. Um, so they asked uh, children to participate in uh, this research where they actually asked them to fill out questionnaires about their uh, physical education, like how much time do they spend doing physical activity. So um, they had what we call uh, physical activity recall. So every Wednesday they would ask them, can you tell me the physical activities you did on the previous Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday? So these are three-day uh, exercise recall that has be, have been uh, validated as a, a method to kind of 
try to quantify the amount of activity the kids do in school. And they would have uh, 30-minute blocks of activity so they can have um, points for every 30-minute block that they do. And so... um, That's one way to evaluate that. And then they not only looked whether they exercise or not in a particular day, what they also looked was whether the amount of activity that they performed was what we consider moderate activity or vigorous activity. So vigorous is like more intense activity. So, and they would also give them scores for no activity, some activity or a lot of activity. So they try to uh, see whether kids would meet the Healthy People 2010 guidelines uh, about moderate or, um, uh, or vigorous activity. And basically what these Healthy People 2010 guidelines recommend is um, have at least 30 minutes of moderate activity for five days a week or have vigorous activity for 20 minutes every day for at least three days a week. So they would try, based on this uh, information that the kids would provide, they try to understand whether the kids uh, had moderate or vigorous activity and whether they met or they didn't meet these Healthy People 2010 guidelines. Then the researchers also look at the academic uh, academic achievement of each child. So they would... uh, get the grades that each student had from mathematics, science, English, and world studies. And they would give uh, A was equal to a score of 5, B equal to a score of 4, C equal to a score of 3, D equal to a score of 2, and F equal to a score of 1. So, and then each a uh, child uh, would attend uh, different activities, uh, would have more or less of a physical activity depending on the f- uh, on a random assignment to the first semester, which was August to mid-January, or second semester, which was mid-January to June. This was just uh, randomly assigned by the administrators of the school just to make sure that um, every kid would have the same experience is just in a reversed order um, within the academic year. So this is, um, in simple terms, the method they use. Really, they try to, they have a, a method to quantify how much activity each child was doing based on what the students would report. Uh, and also they had a way to look at their performance based on the grades they get in these uh, particular um, uh, classes. So what did they found? They What the researchers found was uh, that the kids that actually met or exceeded the Healthy People 2010 guidelines achieve higher academic scores compared with the students that did not meet this 2010 people, Healthy People uh, guidelines. It, uh, the, whether the kids were assigned um, into the semester first semester or second semester, the school activities did not have anything to do with academic uh, performance. 
Also, the researchers found that an average of 19 minutes out of the 55-minute class periods that was assigned to the students was spent in moderate to vigorous activity. So even though they had 50-minute class uh, for activity, only 19 minutes of those uh, amount of, of that amount was spent actually in vigorous or physical activity. The rest uh, was, you know, what we could say uh, maybe low low activity. So what the researchers found was that it was actually the amount of vigorous activity that had an influence on the an association, let me just say, an association with the academic performance, but not the moderate activity. And uh, moderate activity did not affect the grades. And the researchers also mention another in their manuscript, other results from similar study. They reference one study that was done in Quebec, Canada, where um, uh, the children that had an extra hour of physical activity per day, in addition to the standard physical education of one day per week for 40 minutes, they had better academic performance compared with kids that only had the standard physical education class. And in fact, their um, grades uh, were better in the, the average grades from classes like French, English, mathematics, natural science, and conduct. That's what the uh, researchers in Canada, in Canada had explored and they had found similar results. So really the kids in this particular study had more intense physical activity that was really related to activities that were done outside of their school period and spent in sports because the amount of activity in um their uh, 55 minutes of classroom, uh, or 55 minutes of uh, physical activity within the school was not really that much. And um, of course, kids that had uh, did not have that 55 minutes of classroom time when they were participating in the activity did not have also worse grades than the kids that were spending the time in uh, education in the classroom to do regular classes. So why is that why is it that intense activity may be associated with better academic uh, activity? And other uh, multiple uh, researchers actually have uh, investigated the subjects and some of the proposed uh, theories is that when you are um, having increased physical activity, that will decrease your boredom, that will increase your attention span and your concentration, that will increase your self-esteem. And all these aspects, all these characteristics and new skills can indirectly affect uh, the skills that are required to perform better in schools. So when you have more self-esteem, you participate more in classroom, you do have better performance in school. When you have more um, increased attention and more and better concentration, well, when you play um, intense sports, that also affects directly the grades that you can get in school. 
And of course, um, kids in the sixth grade, when they uh, do physical activity, that mainly consisted of participation in sports like soccer and football, softball, baseball, those kinds of activities that are common uh, among kids that age. Now, another way by which uh, playing sports and being more physical active can affect the academic performance is because you also um, have better memory, better observation, better problem-solving skills, better decision-making skills, that all those skills are uh, required when someone is participating in those sports. So once you develop the, let's say, better memory uh, for a particular sport, or once you have better decision-making skill to know when to kick the ball, to know where to pass the ball, that decision-making skill is not only for soccer, football, or basketball, right? That decision-making skill is is also carried over as a skill when you're going to school and when you're trying to uh, make a decision in uh, academic in terms of your academic performance. So there are certain particular skills that develop in kids that play sports that are carried over, and those skills can improve also the academic performance. Now, one potential uh, we call this limitation. Or in other words, uh, we should interpret these results with caution because uh, the researchers in this particular area did not look at the socioeconomic status um, effect on the academic performance. As I mentioned at the beginning, this was done in a particular public school in Michigan where uh, more of the higher socioeconomic uh, status kids would go to However, we do know that um, a, a higher socioeconomic status may also affect the academic performance. So we can really tell whether it was the higher socioeconomic status per se that affected directly the academic performance, or was it the higher uh, intense activity that is associated with higher socioeconomic status, and that uh, was a marker of higher academic a- achievement. So there is this small limitation in the study um, that uh, it's hard to tell because the authors did not examine that fact. Um, However, uh, there was a good um, mix, good representation from different ethnic backgrounds. Um, There was 68 uh, approximately in that particular area. There is, um, I'm sorry, 63% of white, 17.5% of Hispanics, 86 of Asian, 58 multiracious, and 3% black people of uh, the the student breakdown in that particular uh, district. So uh, that would also tell you that there was some uh, ethnic, um, different ethnic representation. So to summarize, uh, this is just one of these small studies that has been done to examine uh, the effect of the vigorous activity on academic performance and showed that kids that have more vigorous activity, 
better academic performance and not so much the moderate or low activity. And in fact, in this particular uh, study, it was really the time spent on physical activity and sports outside the school uh, hours. Um, however, other uh, studies from other researchers have shown that um, higher activity, higher intense activity during school hours can also have uh, the same effect. And given that every school district uh, can have different uh, plans, that is not a surprise. But my take home message for you all today is think what is your physical education uh, activity time that you have at your school and also outside your school. And if you are spending time, whatever the time is when you're at school, try to do the best you can because that, even if you have 15 minutes, even if you have 20 minutes, take full advantage of that time. Do the best that you can during this time. Do you have 30 minutes? Take full effect of those 20 minutes. Don't just uh, use it as a time to lay back, okay, get a break from mathematics. Of course, mathematics is um, requires more concentration than, oh, it's PE, let's just hang out and talk with our friends. If you have 30 minutes of PE activity during school, give your best to it. Go to the teacher, ask for more activities, tell him you want to uh, exercise. And it's not even about... Um, competition. It's not even about getting grades. It's about um, feeling better for doing that, getting all the skills that come with increased activity, better concentration, better memory, better self-esteem. Get all of that. Take advantage of the time you have. It's okay, whatever it, it is. Start where you are today and um, don't be afraid that this will uh, adversely affect your academic performance. Do what you can. It's okay. That still counts. So that's all I had for you today, my friends. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you will uh, reconsider your schedule and see whether you can incorporate more physical activity in your in the hours you spend at school or maybe uh, in the uh, as you structure your time outside uh, the school. And uh, I wish you all uh, well, and I'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I invite you to come check out the Lift program. It's Dr. Gorgory's 12-week coaching program for teens and their moms, where we take all this information, we apply it to your daily life, and we work together so your teenager learns how to create a healthy lifestyle so they can feel happier, more confident, less stressed, and love their body again. Visit the website at lifestyleforteens.com and click on the work with me and free resources to learn more about this program and get free help to start this journey right away. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Lifestyle and Weight Loss for Teens.